This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Hey, you know what? I've got some great guests joining us today. Uh, in a little while, Sean Ziegelstein. He's from Team Zold in the York region uh, from Royal Page. We're going to be talking about that market and the Canada's Wonderland ride that it is on right now. Also, a little bit later, I've got John Pasalis. He's going to be joining me. He is president of Real Philosophy, and uh, we're going to be talking about something that creeped up in multiple offers called an escalation clause and what is Rico uh, talking about when they are taking a look at this and uh, we're going to give you the definition of course of what an escalation clause is so lots to talk about today and of course um, normally our minutes of the mayor you know we we love that segment our guest was going to be Jeremy D Williams unfortunately he's lost his voice and on radio that makes it really difficult so uh, you know what we wish the mayor well and uh, definitely have him on as a returning guest. Uh, always great to find out what's going on in Orangeville. But I got to tell you, this week's been one of those weeks that I felt a little frustrated uh, with all the uh, all the headlines in the news and, you know, really how are some of these people thinking uh, what's going on? And I'm going to start picking on a few people right out of the gate. And I think it's necessary for us to uh, to realize, you know, some of, the, some of these titles, we really got to get rid of some of these headlines. Um, Titan Canadian Housing Market Rules, the organization for economic cooperation and development suggests. So, um, sorry, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna back up the bus. I'm gonna make sure I get them on this one because here's the one thing I need to know. For those of you that have been watching the market over the last eight weeks, you know the provincial government put in the Ontario Fair Housing Plan, and right now we're starting to see the market check up. Is it because of what the provincial government did? So. When you turn around and let's say you get a you get a cold and the doctor gives you some medicine and you're going to get better, normally you don't take a take, you know pop a couple pills and all of a sudden everything is absolutely perfect. The doctor will say, "Listen, it's going to take you know three, four, five days you know to to get better. Um, how about we wait and let's see what will affect the market? We've already started to see the market adjust, and yet we've got." other parties sitting there saying, we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough. Well, I'll bet you if you talk to some of the people out there that are watching their houses stay on the market longer, they're going to say, yeah, there was plenty done. So I'm going to I'm going to call them out on this for sure. So the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, could you kindly just back off, stop making headlines, and actually wait until we find out the actual effect of what the wind government put into place? You know, talking about foreign buyers, well, Montreal apparently has a bit of a surge in their marketplace. In fact, up 15%. Now, for Montreal, for those of you that are either from Montreal or aware of Montreal, that's a pretty big increase. In fact, one of the biggest increases that they've seen year over year ever in their marketplace. And so we're starting to see Montreal start to pick up. Now, of course, it's one of the major cities in Canada. Is this a reflection of perhaps foreign buyers going, or are they actually catching up into the limelight where they've been overshadowed by Toronto and Vancouver for so many years. So is 15% newsworthy? Well, 
It is if it's in a marketplace that was used to maybe 3 or 4%. And so this is why Montreal is starting to make headlines. But so are a lot of other cities across Canada. You know, they're looking at Alberta saying, you know, it's starting to rebound a little. By the way, Vancouver is actually on its way back up in most of their marketplaces. So was that a knee-jerk reaction that happened in Vancouver when back in August, the provincial government implemented the foreign buyer tax? And now are we feeling that same knee-jerk reaction? Or have people just decided that it's time to get off the fence and put their properties up for sale? Well, like I said, my guests joining me in a little while, we're going to have that discussion. And I think it's a very important one to have because we have to stay calm. A lot of times people will panic in a marketplace and say, oh, the prices are going to drop. We better sell now. So then they force more inventory up and all of a sudden the demand will drop and that will force your prices down. So it's the whole supply and demand issue. Now, talking about you know supply and demand, we're still finding that properties are selling and we're seeing them at record prices in some of the marketplaces. A few of the other marketplaces are off 6% month to month. So let's kind of analyze that because we have to be careful when we talk about the statistics. When you say month to month, that means in the month of April, the average price was 6% higher than it was in the month of May. But yet, when we take a look and analyze our numbers year over year, so May 2016 to May 2017, our prices are up. So by a significant amount, up to 20% in most marketplaces. So is this an adjustment that we're seeing just as a knee-jerk reaction? So where are the prices at? Well, today, if we talk about the prices being stabilized, we're looking at the same price basically of properties in January. So did that mean that we lost February and March and part of April's increases? Or is the fact that we're just slowing down our increase year over year. The best way that we can calculate this out, of course, is the fact that when we take a look next year at this time, year-over-year numbers are going to change. When we take a look at Vancouver, and this is one of the things that we've been following, is that they had the biggest run-up in the month of May and June, and as they release the numbers, that they're still up. So when we take a look at that, the market has not receded past the peak amount. We'll wait and find out. It's going to be interesting and we're going to have to wait on that one. So what else is going on in the market? Well, you know what? One of the things that I've been seeing a whole lot of in the last little while, of course, are open house signs. And is this something that's going to help you? Are open houses worth it? Well, for a lot of people, and you'll hear people advertise actually that, you know, open houses are a waste of time, you know, just have nosy neighbors. But the funny thing is a lot of the realtors out there are saying people are taking their time and one of the ways that they can find a house that they like is actually go through a neighborhood and when they see an open house they'll actually go through it now for those of you that don't believe in open houses one of the reasons why they actually do work is the fact that people don't feel that they're carting an agent around and seeing properties they're taking it at their own pace they're taking a look they'll sit out in front of a house with an open house take a look around the neighborhood and at the end of the day they end up calling their agent and say hey listen we went through this open house can you show it to us again from a from a mindful eye so again open houses at this time of year for some of you that have to get your property sold you may have to give up the, the, the fight and say, yeah, we'll do some open houses. We're seeing a lot more of them, of course, with the signs. And if you take a look at the board stats, they're way up in comparison to about a month, a half, a month and a half ago. And so this is one of those things that we just want to keep a mindful eye on. Interest rates. Guess what's going on there? Of course, we're watching some great numbers coming through uh, with interest rates right now. Uh, I don't know how many of you have been following them, but some some people are getting five-year rates at 
2.39 for a five-year fixed. Now, of course, when you start taking the really low number rates, keep in mind that they are not as flexible. So they're going to be a fixed rate. You perhaps are not going to be able to do paydowns. If not, there's going to be an anniversary time to do a paydown. But where you're going to have a problem is if you're going to break the mortgage. So for those of you that are doing any form of speculation and you're taking on a mortgage, one of the things I will advise you to do and focus on is your timing. If you think you're going to be getting rid of a property in the next two or three years, do not take a five-year fixed unless they have an assumption rule on that mortgage. And yes, you can do that. People can assume somebody else's mortgage without penalty, but if you have to break it and you're in one of these very, very fixed mortgages, then you could be paying a penalty to get out of it. And depending on what the interest rates are, if they happen to go up over the next couple of years, then you're going to have to pay what they call a differential, which means that you're going to be able to, you're going to have to pay up to a mortgage rate, either up or down, depending on the situation. So keep that in mind when you start thinking of your financing. Uh, the other thing, of course, is that if you're buying from a builder right now, uh, you know, it was interesting. I had, uh, I had a conversation with one of our listeners and they said that they were buying a brand new property, brand new condominium from a builder, and the builder did not allow them to have an assignment clause. Uh, I got to tell you, that is a huge concern to me, that if builders are starting to say no to assignment clauses, you know, if you've got a three or four year closing, you're really putting yourself and your family at jeopardy. So let me let me explain why. And I talk about this all the time during our simple seminar. And one of the things that if you're going to be a, a person that's trying to buy, let's say for the future, so something that's closing three to five years from now, the real question is life happens and what could happen to you? Will you have your job uh, three to five years from now? Uh, do you know what your marital status will be? How about your health? Are you still alive? These are the kind of things that, you know, I, you know, some people start laughing when I say that, but the reality is, is that we never know what's going on from day to day. If you don't have an assignment clause, and this is really what they were originally uh, designed for, was that if you run into trouble during the time frame that you actually purchase the property till the time of closing, so during the construction time, of the actual property. This is where you need that assignment clause. Things can happen. And in that time frame, if for some reason you have to sell, then you can turn around and have somebody assume your actual contract. And that's why you can assign that piece of paper. But the most important thing for people to understand is that if you are under the idea that you're going to speculate, so you're going to try to sell this piece of paper prior to the closing, if you do have an assignment clause and you're allowed to and you do sell it, this is not deemed capital gains. This is now deemed income. So whatever profit you make is deemed to be income that year. And this is part of the reason why you have to understand what to do when you turn around and start doing some speculation. Um, we don't have a simple uh, seminar coming up anytime soon, but of course, you can always find out more about The Simple Investor by going to thesimpleinvestor.com. And if you also want to pick up any of my podcasts on the SoundCloud, Go to thesimpleinvestor.com, click on our little News Talk 1010 logo, and you can find all of my uh, all of my shows on the SoundCloud, and definitely you can repeat some if there's something that you want to get caught up on. So as I said a little bit earlier, we've got a couple of great guests coming up, and one of the things that I like to do, of course, is bring in the professionals, and these gentlemen are definitely that. With lots of experience and a lot of knowledge, um, you know, you can always find out from some people's experiences. So 
what what are you thinking? Are you thinking of putting your house on the market for sale? Is this the time to do it? Are you going to try to realize a profit? Is your timing right? Is the sky falling? You know what? I always uh, I always talk about that over the last 18 months. You know, I always get the question, Todd, when is the market going to crash? I don't think we're going to crash. What I think is going to happen is we're going to have kind of what I would call a soft landing. Maybe that, that 5 to 10% adjustment. It just depends on what month you are counting it from. So when I come back, I have Sean Ziggelstein. He's going to be joining me from Royal Page. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Now, more of Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, listen, do you live in the York region? Well, you know what? If you do, you're going to be familiar with my next guest. You're probably seeing those signs. Most of them will say Zold on them as well as sold. Well, my guest right now is Sean Ziggelstein, and he is from Royal LePage. And Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Todd. So, Sean, you know, a couple of things that are going on in the the big bad world of the York real estate market, of course, is the fact that you are watching a crazy roller coaster effect over the last 12 months. Can you kind of enlighten our listeners on what is going on in your marketplace? We've definitely seen a roller coaster, that's for sure. Uh, we've uh, we've had the ups. Uh, it looks like now we're on a little bit of a downturn when it comes to uh average sales uh, numbers, as well as just the market activity seems to have slowed down a little bit over the last, just I would say, six or seven weeks now. You know, Sean, one of the one of the things that I've been, you know, tracking obviously in last year, you know, York Region was one of the leaders as far as volume. And now, um, you know, we watch all of a sudden the brakes come flying on when the Ontario government brings in the fair housing plan. But ultimately in the end, you know, it's not that the prices are going backwards quickly, it's just the number of homes that are selling uh has slowed down a lot. Are do, do you see this as a blip in the market or are we gonna be looking at this for a long period of time? No, I think it's a little bit of a blip in the market, and I don't think it necessarily has to do specifically with the measures that the government put into place. I think really what it has to do with is is just a severe lack of inventory that we were looking at at the beginning of this year and even the end of 2016. Now we've suddenly seen an influx of inventory that we've got areas that six, seven weeks ago had four or five listings in them, and now those have 45 or 50 listings in them. So as soon as you have all of those listings hit the market, then suddenly economics come into play, supply and demand, and uh, of course people will now have some choice of what they can uh, pick to buy. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, again, have been watching, and, and, and I agree with you 100%, it's probably way too early to think that there's any effect from what the provincial government put into place. But I think it was a shift in the mindset and that perhaps sellers finally said, listen, let's get off the fence now. Let's get into the market. You know, we're going to realize a decent return on our investment. But ultimately, in the end, you also have some buyers, I think, that are also deciding to do a little bit of fence sitting and saying, hey, listen, we see some more coming up. Maybe I'm going to see the perfect ideal home in Instead of trying to, you know, put that square peg in that round hole, as we saw over the last, you know, 18 months where people are saying, if a property comes up for sale in the neighborhood, we're buying it regardless if it's the perfect home or not. Oh, I I agree completely. We've got several buyers right now that uh, are 
babies. We are looking at the market. We are waiting to find sellers that are motivated. But we are waiting to make sure that, yes, this is the home they want to buy and that they want to move their family into rather than just making that jump and saying, okay, we've got to get into something now. Let's just buy it even if we're not in love with it. Where now we're starting to see that come back. But it's a traditional type of market that buyers have their choice and sellers, while they're still asking uh, some astronomical prices, have started to come down to a little bit more of the realistic point where they need to be. Now, Sean, you know, um, for our listeners' sake, I'll, I'll just kind of give them a little bit of a, you know, a background. Sean's one of the top realtors uh, in Canada with Royal LePage, and you've got your team. And Sean, you know, one of the things that I know dealing with, you know, the top agents, they they don't like that crazy market where, you know, people are just fast and fiercely throwing, you know, offers at properties. You know, agents aren't really representing people as well. Somebody like yourself, a professional that's been in it for a long period of time, I guess, you know, when we start seeing more of a balanced market, this allows you to truly represent both the, you know, the your client as well as the property if it's you're working on the selling end or the buying end. You know, now we don't see the same, uh, you know, multiple offers and people jumping into properties without home inspections. You know, I'd much prefer seeing people use caution and say, listen, let's make sure we know what we're buying. Is this something that you're, you, you know, you're a little bit happier with if a market kind of comes off a little bit of the heat? Oh, I'm I'm very happy right now uh, with this type of market because, as you said, you know when you've got uh, skilled realtors uh, and we're not able to show our skill uh, except for just getting people properties or selling their properties for well over the asking price, we can't use our negotiation skills. So now we've got the ability to use those skills. We have the ability to educate our buyers and our sellers along the process and take them in for home inspections and make sure they're doing their due diligence on a property and really getting the feel of it rather than just jumping in with both feet. I think that what we were seeing uh, in, in past months was a very simple case of, of people just jumping and they were grabbing products that they didn't necessarily like and I've heard all sorts of stories and none of my clients uh, but other from other realtors that have said oh my clients just bought property they didn't even like it they just wanted to get into the market yeah and and you know when we take a look at the the big picture you know this could this may be a little bit of a blip and perhaps we're not going to see a huge downturn in the actual prices you know I, I don't see a major adjustment on the horizon i think interest rates being where they are i think the overall demand will continue to keep prices kind of at a stable area you know and so perhaps we're looking at a little bit of a new norm but i think that if we take a look at the overall transactions i think that calming down is probably the best thing for people's you know, long-term investments, you know, they give them a little bit more time to actually think about what they're buying. And on top of that, you know, start start seeing more product because this gives them some choices. And I think, I think what it does is it allows agents like yourself to actually, you know, do exactly what you should be doing, and that's taking care of your client. 100%. We, we need to look after our clients. As a realtor, we've got a professional obligation to make sure that they're being looked at uh, and, and looked after at all times by us, uh, by our team, by our support staff to make sure that they are getting the absolute, not just best 
service, the best product out there at the best pricing if they're buying. And if they're selling, of course, we want to maximize that dollar value in their pocket because this is most people's largest asset that they own. So if we're, uh, instead of ready, aim, fire, and it's ready, fire, aim, and uh, they don't have that focus and we can't offer them that education point, uh, then they're going to be jumping in the product that I really don't think works long term for a lot of people. But with the market that we're in right now, I I see the opposite. I, I see that they can get that information needed. They can do their research. We can help them along the process and they can get educated about the market and those houses. Excellent. So, Sean, uh, if our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach you? So, best way to reach me is they can uh, check out our website, which is www.teamzold.com, or they can get me at my office at 905-731-2000. Excellent. Well, listen, Sean, thanks so much for joining us here at Simply Real Estate. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, you know, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks a lot, Todd. Have a great day and enjoy the weather. It looks great out there. Excellent. Thanks so much. Folks, that was Sean Ziegelstein, and he is from Royal LePage. Remember, Team Zold in the York region. And, uh, you know, some interesting stuff. Hey, listen, coming up after the break, I've got John Pasalis joining me. He's president of Real Asafi. And uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, the market and some things with regarding an escalation clause. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. So, have you heard of a clause called an escalation clause? Are you actually tired of losing out in competition? Well, you know what? My next guest joining me uh, is a professional in the real estate industry. It is John Pasalis. He is president of Realosophy Realty. And John, welcome to the show. Good to be here. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure as uh, as a lot of the top professional agents out there, you've seen this market, you know, uh, of feast and famine, you know, crazy amount of multiple offers. And recently, Rico uh, released a statement saying they want to get some clarity on these escalation clauses that are floating around. Uh, for our listeners' sake, can you shed a little bit of light on what an escalation clause truly is? Yeah, an escalation clause is basically a clause that uh, some agents might put into their agreement that basically says, you know, if if their offer isn't the highest offer, uh, you know, they're willing to basically beat whatever the best offer is by say two or five thousand uh, dollars. So it's basically someone who who really just doesn't want to lose out and, and add the clause that allows them to increase the price. I mean, it's 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 a bit risky, obviously, if you have no limit because you have no idea what the other offer is. But uh, you know, Rico's advising that buyers at least put in a max price that that kind of caps how much they could uh, would be paying in the end right so putting in a limit now here's here's a question for you though is that does the actual listing agent have to prove or show the other offer so that they know that they're actually getting the real value yeah or? No, no they don't I mean this is kind of one of the unbelievable things about sort of Rico's position on this I mean the problem as a consumer I mean to start no no reasonable buyer should ever be using a clause like this, but but if they happen to have an agent that's pushing it for some odd reason, they should know the risk with this is, you know, if you put in what your max price is in, in this escalation clause, I mean, the seller and their agent could, could just come back and say, great, you want it at the max price, 
and, and they have no duty to prove that, you know, there was another offer that basically pushed them to that price. So uh, you basically just have to take their word for it. Yeah, and that puts people in a real precarious position now, because at this point, what happens if you have two escalation clauses fighting it out? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are all sorts of problems. I mean, the, the other big issue right here is that, you know, it, it basically kind of violates the rights to privacy that buyers normally have. You know, in a normal agreement of purchase and sale, when you make an offer, the seller's agent can't disclose the details of your offer. Uh, escalation clauses, might, by virtue of the fact that they depend on, you know, the price that some other buyer is paying, basically force the listing agent to reveal what you know, the next highest prices. So they, they, they kind of are like a loophole around uh, the privacy that buyers normally have uh, in situations like this with multiple offers. So, John, you know, when you take a look at what's happened to this market, you know, we, you know, for years now, we've been seeing these crazy multiple offers, you know, in excess sometimes of, you know, 30, 40, 50 offers. Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of the big complaints, obviously, from the general public is, are, are the agents capable of presenting all these offers to a seller? Let's say, you know, it's a seller's agent. Are they able to help navigate it? You know, right now, all we, you know, heard for the longest time was it's all about the price. Everybody was going firm. I mean, you know, at some point, there's got to be a problem here, obviously, for all the buyer agents, because they can't represent their, their client properly because they're being told, listen, if you're not willing to pay this, you're going to lose. Now we throw in the idea of this escalation clause. Uh-huh. And and it just seems like, you know, the Wild West would be the best way to put it. But it just seems like, you know, how is it that anybody can control this? You know, I, I've I've talked with uh, both um, Aria and, and even talked to Rico about this, about the idea that maybe we need to implement an auction style way of doing things. And then it's very upfront. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, 100%. This is the the way we should be going. I mean, there should be more transparency for consumers. Uh, There's no reason, I don't think, to have to have the blind auctions the way we have them. I mean, I think uh, consumers benefit from some more transparency uh, in the market. I mean, but unfortunately, we're not there yet. I mean, in, in, in the context of, of escalation clause, I mean, you mentioned Aria and Rico. I mean, the, the challenge for consumers is, you know, Aria, the Ontario Real Estate Association, is basically saying this is illegal. They can't believe that the regulatory body, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, is, is effectively supporting them. So even from a consumer's perspective, there's a lot of confusion around these types of clauses. Right. And so, you know, and, and what I don't know if all our listeners know, so RICO being the Real Estate Council of Ontario, um, which we would call the, the governing body or watchdog for, for realtors, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for them in some regards because you've got so many people out there doing things. And a lot of times when an issue arises, the public just don't do anything about it. You know, they sit there and say, well, you know, I lost out. This is the way it is. And now when something like this, the whole idea of an escalation clause, I, I think it, A, it should never be allowed. Uh-huh. Okay, first and foremost, you know, as, as a former realtor for, for many years, I would never, ever accept anybody doing this because you've put them at such a disadvantage. Yep. Because as you said, we can't disclose what the actual number was that you were beating, uh-huh. but we're going to randomly give you a number. And how is that, you know, how can you guarantee, you know, we'd like to think that the members of the real estate community are all very honest and forthcoming. But the reality is you and I both know that's not always the case. No, I mean, it's not the case. And really what, what the Real Estate Council have done is, is really given 
you know, unethical agents really a license to just go around and, and make a, you know, make buyers who have these clauses uh, max out on their purchase price, even if there isn't another price that's even close to them, because there's there's no duty for them to prove it. I mean, they could basically break the law and, and be unethical and force these buyers with these escalation clauses to go to their max, uh, and, and no one can prove that they've done anything wrong, because they don't even have to keep any of the other offers on record to, to show that uh, that they had a, an offer that was that high. So it's, it's really just a license for unethical agents to just go out there and, and rip off buyers, basically. Okay, so let's. How about you and I circle back now? Let's let's talk about the real world of real estate today as we sit. You know, here we are. You know, we're looking at the month of June. We're starting to see activity. You know, a lot more listings coming into the market. You know, rumors have it that we're down twenty percent uh, in sales uh, year over year. What's your take on what's going on in the market, and what do you think is actually the is affecting the market at this time? You know, the market is really interesting because it's 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 behaving quite differently in the freehold. So the single-family homes, detached semis uh, versus the condos. The the homes, interestingly enough, are seeing the biggest slowdown. So when we look at detached and semis, new listings are up maybe about 50%, and, and sales are actually down anywhere between 30 and uh, last week it was a 38% decline over last year. So we're seeing a big slowdown. Uh, what, what we're finding is that the big slowdown in demand and in sales is primarily because there were a lot of investors buying homes last year, even up to two months ago, just buying single-family homes because, because they kept thinking prices were going to go up. And, and all of those buyers have basically disappeared. And in some of the areas, I mean, that made up about 30% of all sales. So, uh, you know, once you take out those buyers, it's going gonna, it's gonna to basically force kind of demand to cool down quite a bit. And I think that's what's happening right now. So, so you mentioned two markets. So I'm going to stay on the 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 uh, single family residential, more of that approach right now, the detached yep. market. And so, do you do you feel that this is going to become a norm, or are we in a blip? You know, uh, Vancouver obviously suffered from what they deem to be the foreign buyer tax. You know, market. And, and again, I almost want to say that I feel that the foreign buyers, you know, they do have some influence on markets, but I think it's people's perception also. Uh, you know, people all of a sudden say, "Oh, I'm not." going to list because, or I am going to list because the foreign buyers are going away. Yeah. So it's it, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Are you feeling that we're dealing with that right now in the in the single-family residential market? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, certainly I think, you know, foreign buyers obviously played some role in the market. It is This is not why the market's declining. It has nothing really to do with the, the tax that was introduced. I think, you know, psychology is probably one of the biggest factors that drive real estate prices and the least understood. I mean, the fact that prices went up 33% in, in March of this year has nothing to do with any economic variable. I mean, that's all psychology. And the fact that it's completely turned around in the past two months is, again, all market psychology. People just getting anxious, people feeling the market's at its peak, sellers listing because they think the market's at its peak, and buyers pulling back and saying, you know what, this is this is crazy. I'm just going to wait this out. So market psychology is having a big impact for sure on the market right now. Yeah, excellent. So listen, John, I'm going to ask for you to stay put. Um, if you're okay, we're going to uh, be going to a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to talk more with you. Also talk about the condominium market and what's going on right now. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting market there as well. So I'm hoping I can get your take. So if you don't mind uh, hanging on and uh, we'll come right back after this. Sounds good. 
Excellent. So, folks, we'll be right back with John Pasalis. Uh, he is president of Philosophy Realty, and we've got more. We're going to be talking about condos. You don't want to miss. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. More of Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, listen, if you're just tuning in right now, I've got John Pasalis joining me. He is president of Philosophy Realty. Just before the break, we were talking about the escalation clauses, and I think we were both in agreement, John, that uh, pretty silly thing to put in an offer, and it's really dangerous for most buyers. Absolutely. Yeah, so escalation clauses, just for quick clarity, folks, is the fact that in your actual clause to offer from a buyer, your agent can actually put in saying that you will go above any offer that they have, meaning that if somebody's offering a million dollars, yours may say it's a million dollars and 5,000. So a real dangerous place to be because there's real, unless you put a cap on it, you never know where it can stop. John, uh, when we were talking uh, before the break though, we were discussing the fact that, you know, we're watching to watching the market that we're seeing listings rise in the, uh, let's say detached market. So semi-detached, you know, single family residential stuff. Um, let's talk about condos for a minute because you know this is one of those marketplaces where you know we've been kind of watching it we know a lot of the developers right now we hear that the builders are still selling with a lot of heat and brand new developments coming in they're pretty much still blowing them out but at the same time you know the condominium market the numbers they're also not boating as well as let's say they have been uh-huh. yeah i mean it's the, the so it's interesting the condo market recently has started to see a little bit of cooling down, so listings picking up a fair bit. Uh, I mean, not nearly as much as houses, so maybe in the 10% range, uh, and, and sales declining slightly, anywhere in the, the 10 to 15% range in the in the freehold, uh, sorry, in the, in, in the resale condo market. But even with this, I mean, the condo market is still uh, deep in seller's market territory. I mean, last month, condo prices were up, I think, close to 25% uh, over last year. So uh, it's still a booming condo market. And, and as you mentioned, the, the pre-construction condo market is also booming. I mean, there's no slowdown there. I mean, market psychology hasn't impacted those investors, that's for sure. Well, it's interesting because if we take a look at maybe the pent-up demand that was there, a lot of it remains the first-time homebuyer market. Uh, you know, we know that, you know, the big the big numbers. So when we were talking about million and a half dollar homes, we weren't talking about first-time home buyers. Yep. Now we've got a, a you know a big group of people that are still trying to get into the market. You know, and again, as you know, uh, there was a pent-up demand because there just wasn't any inventory. So when these builders do a, do a release, and you know they do a, a pretty good job marketing, and it's like you know coming soon, coming soon, coming soon, and now you get a chance to buy. So the lineups, you know, I'm pretty sure you've seen some of the lineups. They're pretty crazy at some of these sites. You know, people are lined up for days in advance trying to get their their opportunity. Yep. But at the same time, I think that uh, people have to be made aware, you know, some of this stuff is still speculation. And, you know, the introduction of uh, the wind governments, you know, I call it the 16 gauge shotgun approach. Um, you know, when we take a look at it, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, I think they're trying to hamper also speculators. So people have to be aware what they're going to be responsible for if they're trying to pull a speculation here. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And what's happening? I mean, in, in the pre-construction market too. I mean, prices are, are really uh, quite high. I mean, people are paying uh, 
rich prices for pre-construction condos. I mean, in some cases, uh, even more than resale condos. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people investing in them don't see them as risky because the market's just keeps going up and there's this perception. I mean, I think partly fueled by the real estate industry that we're not building enough homes uh, and then prices are only going to go up over the next five years. And, you know, as we've seen in the freehold market, I mean, that's that's not entirely true. I mean, it can change on a dime. Uh, you know, people were saying the same thing about houses and all of a sudden, you know, uh, houses, house prices are down 6% since, uh, since the peak in April, just like that. So uh, I think people who are investing in pre-construction contracts definitely need to be a little bit cautious right now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the things I try to advise people that I was talking about earlier was the fact that make sure you do have an assignment clause, because if you do get yourself into, you know, a, a position, especially with these condos, because they can close three, four, five years down the road, you know, I always tell people, life happens. What if you lose your job? What if you have a marital split? Things like that put you in a disadvantage if you're trying to close something five years from now. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to have the option to, to be able to sign it uh, with, you know, be- before closing, obviously, so you don't have to take possession in the event that something happens and you can. I mean, and some people are having problems right now, for sure. People who bought who uh, are, are having trouble closing because, you know, life changed in the five years. So it's definitely a good, a good strategy. Yeah, excellent. So if you were to whip out your crystal ball, what do you think? What are we looking at, you know, let's say three, six, 12 months down the road? You know, it's, it's really hard to predict because, I mean, as, as we mentioned earlier, the, the, this market right now is really driven by market psychology. So predicting where it's going to go is like predicting people's moods. You know, it's basically impossible, <laughs> right? Um, you know, having said that, I think we can say that the market's not, I mean, this kind of downward momentum is probably going to continue until September. I mean, people usually don't jump into the market to buy in July and August. So I think we'll see this cooling off kind of continue till September. Uh, you know, once September comes, it's anyone's guess whether, you know, buyers jump back in uh, or, or we, it stays cool for the rest of 2017 and maybe picks up again in January. I mean, that, that's, that's a coin toss. Time will tell uh, how the market's going to respond. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, we use we do use Vancouver as a little bit of an example because we're following suit with them, and you know they're, they've started to rebound quite quite healthy, and uh, now we're starting to see the numbers up, and most of the people you know they're still short on inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, so the real question is is that with everything that's been you know put into place, if we give it time to to take effect, chances are you know I think we're going to see a stabilization of the market, and as as realtors you know one of the things you, you would probably agree with is the fact that a stable market is a much better market to be in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no no full-time professional agent liked to see prices go up 33% a year. I mean, it's really terrible for everybody. You know, uh, a stable market where prices are going up 2 to 5 to 6% is, is better for home. It's better for everybody. It's better for the economy. It's better for everybody. So certainly that's kind of where we'd like to see the market. Yeah. And, you know, for yourself, um, you know, you, you know, focusing in the real estate world, you know, if we, if we watch the peaks and valleys, you know, we saw a little bit of the dip with the U.S. back in 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've seen a fairly consistent run up. And if we use, you know, the analogy that, you know, we had a basically an eight or nine, you know, year good run, we always see a little bit of a dip Mm -hmm. when we start playing with, you know, the numbers. If we take a look back into 98, 99, you know, uh, you know, the market had started to come up, then we saw a little bit of a hiccup. But um, if we talk about interest rates, you know, right now, it seems like they're going to probably stay pat where they are. Uh, Do you think that uh, we can look at about the next 12 to 18 months of being consistent with those? With interest 
rates? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't think anybody expects any big changes uh, to interest rates anytime soon. So, you know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of home buyers keep thinking too that, you know, unless they raise rates, you know, home prices are going to continue where they are, which is which is not entirely true. I mean, we're seeing the market respond very differently, even with rates that are steady. So I, I don't expect rates to, to change much in the near term for sure. Yeah, excellent. So, John, if uh, people want to reach out to you, what is the best way to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our website, relosophy.com, uh, all our contact info is there. They can search listings on our website. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can find us online. Excellent. Well, John, it's been a real pleasure having you on Simply Real Estate today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was John Pasalis, and he is president of Relosophy Realty. And, uh, you know, great to get some good information on what is out there and some of the practices. You know, when we talk about multiple offers, if you still face these folks, remember, don't overspend. And the idea of an escalation clause definitely can leave you at a complete disadvantage, especially if your offer is firm. So one of the things that we can say, though, right now looking at the marketplace is that we're seeing more and more people bring back the home inspections. And the one thing uh, I try to reiterate, and I, try, you know, I almost think I do it every, on every single show, is the fact that you must have a home inspection. Even if you're going into competition, you know what? Do it beforehand. If it's truly the home you want or you love and you want to have this home, get a home inspection. And by the way, make sure you use a professional home inspector. And no, they're not paying me to say this, okay? This is just pure 100% experience in the real estate market. When you're buying and you're spending a million and a half dollars on a property, the last thing you want to do is find out the hard way. So unless the actual seller is going to give you a guarantee on the condition, you know what? Cover yourself. Make sure that you're not putting yourself at a disadvantage. Um, You know what? It's been great to have uh, some of these pros on today, Uh, Sean Ziegelstein and John uh, Pasalis. Um, Great to, you know, talk to the people that are actually out there doing the business. I know for most of you that right now, you know, right, you're, you're listening to the market, you're listening to the headlines, you know, market's down this much, market's down that much, you know, we've got 40% more listings, 60% less properties sold, you know, price is going backwards by 6%. One of the things that you have to do is you have to step back. And the biggest thing and the hardest thing for most people to do is actually turn around and calculate and understand what the market truly is doing. This is, again, what I would call a knee-jerk reaction to a lot of factors, not just the wind government. You know, again, most of you that listen to the show know that I'm not a real big fan of the provincial government not at this stage and how they're handling things but at the end of the day we still have to look at what is affecting the market and it's more I would say a mental uh, philosophy that is being brought into this marketplace where people are saying you know they're getting nervous they're getting antsy they want to sell perhaps instead of holding out for the higher price because they're not getting multiple offers they're taking a little bit less because they don't want to get caught so is this the strategy of people that were actually doing the speculation and what about the people that are sitting there saying okay I've bought another property uh, when the market was hot and now I put my house on the market I've got to go we've seen it already we saw it 
eight months ago in Vancouver. Uh, their market is now returning to the, what they would deem their norm, and so will ours. We'll see a stabilization, but the most important thing is, is that if we take a little bit of the pressure off, you get to make an educated decision, and it's one of the most important things you need to do is make sure you have the knowledge when you are buying something, so it's so important. Listen, I, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, next week, by the way, Speaking of real of RICO, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, they will be joining us and we are going to break down their role in the real estate world and a lot of information that you need to have. So it's going to be great to have them on next week. Of course, we're going to return with Minutes with the Mayor. And I just want to thank Andre, uh, my producer this week, for making it simple. And, uh, of course, I'll be back next Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. Thanks for listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.